Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. Megan has been on me to take a look at some other sci-fi series. So she has prevailed and we will take up the 11 episodes, I think, of Firefly. It's a little bit different than uh, anything we've done before. Certainly not MCU, Star Trek, Star Wars, or any of those classic science fiction shows. But we're going to give it a shot. It is uh, Western in Space. So I'm really excited to do this series with her. So in this episode, we take up episode three, Bushwhacked. This episode begins as the crew comes upon a transport ship that uh, is wandering through space. It, they board the ship and determine that it was attacked by Reavers and take aboard the sole survivor. Shortly thereafter, an Alliance cruiser appears on the scene and orders the Serenity to dock and to be boarded. Simon and River Tam hope to avoid capture, and the rest of the crew are arrested and then interrogated. Refusing to believe in the existence of the Reavers, the Alliance's commander Harkin decides that the crew will be charged with attacking the ship and murdering its settler passengers. However, the survivor kills some of the Alliance crew and escapes back to the Serenity. Mal convinces Harkin to let him to let him help find the survivor, and Mal kills the survivor, saving Harkin's life in the process, and the crew is released with simply the loss of the cargo from this sh ship. Hello everyone, Tom Fox and Megan Doherty back for the award-winning Because That's What Heroes Do. We have taken a little bit of a side tour to go to Firefly. And so we're in the third episode, Bushwhacked. Megan, I found this episode very disturbing. How about you? <laughs> it's an extremely disturbing episode. And also, I think a really big, a really important one in terms of the world building for this universe. You're the newbie to this franchise. Tell me, what were your impressions? You found it intense, disturbing. What, uh, what about it? We are watching a television show from the mid-aughts. And it struck me that if we were watching this on Netflix or Amazon Prime, Apple, maybe even Disney, it would have been extraordinarily more intense because this was network TV. And it was pretty intense as it was. So, frankly, I was glad... This wasn't produced in 2018, 2019, 2020, because I'm sure I would have seen things that I would have dreamed about, which would have not have been fun. The, I guess the second episode, but maybe even the first one, we were introduced to the Reavers, and they clearly created terror for the crew of the Serenity. And now we know why. And they torture, they are cannibals, they are incredibly gruesome in what they do to their not human captives, human victims. And I'm certainly used to seeing people tortured and strung up. I rarely see people gutted, eaten, disemboweled, and then strung up because there was no blood on the floor. So the blood was obviously drained from them. Oh, that's a good point. And I haven't if. Even thought about that. Not that I'm not a fan of vampires, but they were actually taking the blood out too and drinking it. 
So it was about as gruesome a torture disemboweling scene as probably could have had. And then it turns out there's one survivor. And it's not clear immediately the implication of him being that survivor, but it becomes clear throughout this episode. And that implication is he survived intentionally by the Reavers so that he would see what they were doing. And at first I thought they had left him alive as you often see in last stand battles or scenes where something, some group of people is wiped out. There's one left intentionally to tell the story. That's not why he was left alive. Although maybe that was part of it. He was left alive to become one of them. And I didn't quite understand the psychology, but of the psychology of the show was that to deal with what he saw, he was basically going to turn into one of the Reavers. Mm -hmm. And it started with not self-abuse, but literally self-torture because he cuts his tongue in half and then he disfigures his face and then he puts metal rods and bars through his body. And I don't mean in a cosmetic way. This is not Um, happening in a nice sterile tattoo parlor. This is. (laughs) No. And the implications of that to me were truly terrifying. And now I see why the crew of the Serenity was so terrified at the thought of Reavers. Because fortunately in a scene we don't see, he is being held in in captivity, restrained, and breaks free and, and wipes out a medical unit on his own. So that was pretty gruesome and pretty graphic. All of this is around the Alliance having boarded the Serenity. They've come up, found them on routine patrol. They board them. They find out about the sister and brother. They're held incommunicado. They believe, they, the Alliance, believes that the Serenity has killed the members of the cruiser that the Reavers attacked. And then it turns out that Captain Mal is able to convince him what has happened, and he saves the life of the Alliance commander, and they let him go with only confiscating his stolen goods. I don't want to say all's all's well that ends well, because this did not end well for anyone involved, but the horror and the terror was communicated in a way, for me it's always more effective when I don't see it, and whatever it is, whether it's sex, love, Torture, misogyny, whatever it is, if it's hinted at, for me, is always more powerful. And this was incredibly powerful for, except for one brief scene where they showed his disfigured face, which he had done to himself. We never saw the Reavers. We had a brief scene of the victims. And uh, so a pretty terrifying show and putting a very different spin on, as you said, building out the backstory of the franchise. I've noticed, I picked up on a lot of the same things, that that quotation particularly about why humans who have been attacked or preyed upon by the Reavers then become them. It was the only way to deal with it is to become it. And I thought that was a really interesting idea and way to phrase it. And uh, yeah, I guess within the, guess the context of the universe and the context of this particular ship that was traveling too, because it was mentioned at the beginning of the episode, that this was not a deep space ship. This was a short range small cruiser that was never meant to go far to the outer side of the galaxy and it's stuffed with these families who are going to settle Uh, maybe not even knowing what kind of a threat reavers might be because another really interesting point i thought was that the main alliance captain 
didn't really believe that reavers could be a thing that he might actually encounter his first tour out in this outer side of the world or outer side of the universe. So that was really interesting how that all came together. And he was sharply awoken to the reality of the situation. He was a complete by the book guy. And he made that clear several times. And once again, this was not said directly and certainly said by implication. But as you noted, he's got a lot to learn. And there's going to be rules that may not be followed to the letter of the law. There may be situations where he has to take actions that are a little bit different than what his training may have suggested. You probably rarely take a prisoner in handcuffs onto a ship where you think they're alien beings <laughs> and then have them lead, that person in handcuffs lead the attack. I really like the, the continued emphasis that we really are on the frontier. And it really is the Wild West. It's the Wild West on planets, it's the Wild West on ships, and it's the Wild West in space. And that makes, of course, for delicious storytelling <laughs> possibilities, even if they are a little dark. Even that to that settler ship that had been attacked by the Reavers, that was exactly like a wagon train would have been set up. You get a bunch of people together, you get everything that you own, you sell everything you can't take with you, put it into one little batch, and you just go until you can't go anymore. I, I thought it was a really interesting way of I kind of imagine what the mindset is of being willing or feeling that you need to do that to take the next step in your life, I think is really interesting. Is that part of the tradition of Canadian history? Did you have wagon trains going west across Canada? I'm not sure about wagon trains specifically. I think that might have been a more United States thing. There were, we always, when we were learning about it in school, it was always about the fur trapping and the hunting parties going west. It was the Hudson's Bay Company. Um, but presumably, people did go out and settle as soon as it was possible. I- how did they get people to the prairie provinces and then all the way over to British Columbia? Were they family? They had to have been families to settle that. How did you know how that does Canada have that a tradition around that? The, the settling tradition, you always hear about it by rail. So maybe they built out the railway at the same time. Because the wagon train so, yeah. tradition is obviously well known in the United States, and indeed mm-hmm. Star Trek was wagon train to the skies. But I was brought up the, on Little House on the Prairie. So. There you go. The thought of him, they, there was a lengthy description of the survivor being forced to watch. And mm. that, for me, brought up uh, Alex the Droog in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, who yeah. had his eyelids opened and pried open so that he was forced to watch violence, having given medicine to make him ill when he started to engage in violence. I don't know if they had one of those kinds of contraptions or not, but the thought of having to watch, including your loved ones, that happened to is pretty gruesome. So let me explore with you, because that the psychology part, I still just didn't understand. And is there some basis in literature or film or pop culture or something that would suggest the only way to deal with something so terrible is but to become that thing? Specifically, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know it, it comes up a lot, I think, historically, especially that what you get desensitized to becomes normal. And getting to see atrocities committing all the time makes it seem like a much more normal thing to to be near or to even participate in. Now I'm trying to think if there are specific ones that are just like that. If you look at it, you must become it. We use the phrase, broken children become broken parents. But that's a, gener- a generation to develop from a child to a parent. But... This was yeah. much quicker, but I, I just I couldn't some, oh. couldn't think of, of a, another example of that. Maybe there's some possible similarities in some of the 
Greek folklore or the Greek mythology. So I'm thinking of Medusa the Gorgon. And you don't become a Gorgon by looking at Medusa. It does permanently change your state. And kind of similar with Narcissus, the looking causing the impact of harm or permanent change. That would be interesting to explore more. One thing that I saw in a couple of, or at least one of the articles I read, raised some questions about the, the brother and sister, the Tams. And why wasn't there a more strident red notice or an information to say, stop these people at all cost because there was a bolo or whatever the alliance police mm-hmm. would call it but it was only, oh yeah detain these people i was a little surprised there was something not something more definitive or more stronger something that would tell the alliance ship captain hey you need to get these people and you need to call us now i think the answer was in it's all classified They're not sharing the information, and it it makes me think that they don't want it too well known that this has happened and that this has occurred. Because Simon Tamil, they're from a wealthy, influential family on a central planet. It would have been fairly easy to get like their picture and their their name flashing on every bar in the whole system, but they didn't want to do that. So I think they're trying to keep it on the down low without any spoilers. Well, that was a mistake, certainly this time. Let's see, there was one other... We didn't mention the booby trap. The booby trap. Yeah, because there there was the booby trap of what the Reavers left on the settler cruise ship that they had, that they had ravaged, that would hook into the systems of whatever ship came to scavenge it. They knew that they had left someone. They knew someone was coming. I think this was a recruitment drive, basically, (laughs) in their horrifying fashion. But I think this was, they were like planting a little seed that would grow into another Reaver ship. Maybe that's how they grow their population. And Kaylee, our engineer by Intuit, dearms it or deactivates it. Now that we've done this podcast, I think this is as gruesome an episode as when we started. Maybe even more so because I've talked to you about it. Any final thoughts? One, on a slightly lighter note, I thought there was some really great character building that happened, especially around the interrogation. I love that scene. It's one of my favorite parts of the episode, and everyone is really getting to demonstrate their personality under pressure when being interrogated by the Alliance. And my particular favorite was about sweet little Kaylee, who just could not get over her disgust at Serenity being called junk. Absolutely not standing for it. Love that about her. And everything Wash and Zoe said about each other to... The interrogator was hilarious. You have to recall in The Trouble with Tribbles, Mr. Scott took personal insults about Captain Kirk, but when they called the Enterprise garbage, he stood up and struck the Klingon. So do not (laughs) criticize an engineer about her ship. They are very protective. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was charming. And the little fake out right there when they were first, when the captain was chatting with Inara, and then he switched to, do you love him? And then cutting back to Zoe, brilliant fake out. I thought that was excellently done. I like Jane in the interviews. He was a lot more sardonic than Mm -hmm. I had seen him. And he's got a brain up there. He just doesn't choose to use it or at least vocalize it as often (laughs) as perhaps he could. Yeah, I love the choice of him sitting there stoically just staring back at the interrogator, whether like the... Soldiers are searching his little apartment, his quarters for all the weapons, finding the wall of guns. It was just perfectly done. So good. We found an illegal knife in your quarters. Really? Yeah. Just the one? Okay. Just the one. (laughs) 
that, I think, ends this episode, and I'm Tom Fox. I'm Megan Doherty. See you next time. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this initial episode of Firefly, and I hope you'll join Megan and I for the entire season of Firefly episodes. Yes, 14 episodes over the next seven weeks. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to visiting with you next time.